On today's podcast, we bring on Edgar Loera, one of the original Latino pro hoopers um, in the area. He was from Huntington Park. Uh, we talk about his high school days. Um, you know, he was arguably one of the top point guards uh, in the Latino circuit and arguably one of the top Latino teams of all time, the Estrellas. You know, um, he played on the Mexican national team. You know, he played some college ball. Um, he's got some great stories. I mean, we have a long history together. Um, you know, he went to the same high school that I did, so I really knew about Edgar before uh, we actually knew each other. So, you know, I had some inside information, and, and you know, he, he's got some great stories. Um, you know, we even jump into, um, at the very end, for those that remember the Smack page, we talk a little bit about uh, the Estrellas and the Cimiedo rivalry. Um, you know, we talk about um, at the end, you know, there's a little bit of breaking news um, heading into the Latino tournament coming up. You know, um, it, was a good, it was a good podcast. I think, um, you know, like I said, we did jump around from topic to topic and then we circle back. And, you know, overall, I thought it was a great podcast. Uh, we're definitely going to do another one with Edgar. I mean, I could probably do, you know, 10 hours with Edgar and, and talk different stories and not do any repeats. So that's that type of history we have. But, you know, take a listen. Hopefully you enjoy this. Um, I had a great time talking to my boy on the microphone. So uh, coming up next, Edgar Loera. You have just tuned in to the Shoot the Rock podcast. Who they rocking with, Joe? Who they rocking with? That's right. Remix it. Remix it. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Uh. You're going to get the fucking, um, the last stand fucking soundtrack for That's your era. <laughs> He's Fuck. And then some Jodas is out. Nah, yeah, Jonesy was college days. Oh, okay, okay. In the beginning, it was, it was Key Sweat and I'll be shooting. That's funny. All right, let's get into this shit. What up? Welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, a.k.a. The Commission, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. Coach Z, a.k.a. So Big Yet So Sweet, a.k.a. The Latino Bleacher Report. Uh, today on the pod, we got my boy, Faux Life, uh, Edgar Loera, a.k.a. E-Money, a.k.a. Beyond the Glory. E. What up, Big E? <laughs> Big Z, what up? I love you. Yeah, dog. I just gotta fucking come with it. It's that I, I, it comes from the the N one mixtape era, fool. So you know. So yeah, it's 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 cool to bring you on uh, because uh, the last you know the people that I bring on to the podcast are are boys, you know, guys from the neighborhood and guys that that are hooping that we saw hoop. Um, you know, uh, we're a little bit more on the on the veterano side um, as far as like the hoop era nowadays. But the guys that are playing, Lorenzo, Flake, you know, Cesar Guerrero, you know, um, even Mario, um, you know, those guys are guys that we kind of saw them, like, figure their way out and then do, you know, being grown men and shit, you know? So, so it's cool. It's cool to bring you on because, um, like, I think as far as, like, the Latino community, um, you know, it's always been, like, uh, looking out for each other, shit like that. And... You've always been one um, to look out for dudes, you know. Um, you get in guys' ears. Uh, one of your AKAs I was gonna give you is I was gonna say you're the Latino Hoopers fucking whisperer, you know, because cause, cause, cause you talk to dudes all the time. Tell me about like just like how you get get in dudes' ears. I know you're you're you really like doing that. Um, you like you you really like um, just kind of stepping up and and giving kids like not just hoop lessons but life lessons. Man. 
it, I, I think it just comes from experience, from those hard lessons that I learned that, you know, when it's somebody I know their heart is right and like being genuine and I don't want them to go through the same trials and tribulations that I did. Uh, I really didn't have a mentor, per se. Yeah. Uh, growing, up, growing up in the hoop scene, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of Latino hoopers. Um, you know, they were around and they were everywhere, but I grew up in Huntington Park, Salt Lake Park. You know, like, if you wanted to find me, I was there. So, whatever. If it was during the week, I was there from 5 to 10 until the lights cut off and my mom knew I was coming home right at 10. Or on the weekends, I was there from 1 in the afternoon to, again, 10 o'clock when the lights turned off on their own. Um, all my mentors or all my friends there were, you know, they weren't, they weren't looking big picture. They weren't... Uh, they weren't making it out of Salt Lake Park. You know what I mean? Those are the same guys that you can go at 7.30 in the morning this weekend, and I might run into three or four that are still there. You know what I mean? So nobody nobody really, really guided me or told me, hey, do this, do that. You can do this. You can't do that. Um, I was just out there fighting for myself, kind of. So when I see these other kids, you know, I, I want to if they if I see that they're straying or, or I can help them in any way, I'm always, I'm always going to voice and hopefully be a lending hand. And and the thing is, when you played at Salt Lake Park, because that's like the, the park um, in Huntington Park that dudes hoop at, and, you know, you get the dudes kicking it, like you said, seven and the, the first run is, is the OGs, you know, like the 40 and over, yep. the 50 and overs, you know, back in the days, we were, we were in our 20s, so we just like let the OGs go to work. And and so, so you... What middle school did you go to, um, and and like when did you start hooping, like for real, for real, like like I mean at the park and stuff like that? Did you do parks and rec stuff like that? Um, man, I, well, my first love was baseball. Okay. I grew up from eight years old to, to fourteen. I was playing baseball, 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 and and to this day, like if you ask some of my childhood friends that grew up with me in Huntington Park, they'll tell you like, hey, Edgar had a shot, but he just. You know, it, it, it was cool. It was fun. But I picked up a basketball maybe when I was 13. And I instantly fell in love. It wasn't, you know, I, I would play baseball and I would find myself, like, if I wasn't batting or pitching, like, my mind was somewhere else. Like, I wasn't totally in tune. But once I picked up that basketball, like, you don't have a chance to, to not think. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be focused in the game. And I really, really love that. So I kind of just gave up baseball when I was, uh, I guess, going into my freshman year. Because I was trying to decide, like, my freshman year, I'm going to play basketball, and then I'm going to play baseball just because I'm good at it, and my dad likes to go watch me play. Did your dad then, uh, Did your dad play baseball, and he, he, he did that too? Yes, sir. He uh, he would play in all the Mike Brito leagues. I was with him every Sunday morning. He had a game at 8 o'clock. I would wake up before him and be like, come on, Dad, get ready, let's go. It's time to go. So it was baseball, 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 baseball. You would always find no baseball fields. Those are those are what they call the beer leagues. Yes, sir. The beer leagues in Montecito, Fresno Park, uh, Roosevelt Park over there in L.A., uh, Salt Lake Park, Rose Hills. I was everywhere. I was at a park. On Sundays, I was at a park with my dad, and he was playing baseball. And he was a pitcher. Um, those were the Sunday leagues where he would pitch, and the, people, the, the men in the stands would bet. You know, and like they would tell my dad, if you pitch and you win, we we'll give your team a case and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff. And that was good times. I mean, that was fun. So yeah, I always just wanted to be like my dad. 
Yeah. Everybody, everybody, poncho, poncho, poncho. Everybody, you know, go see him hit a bomb or striking people out. I love that. You oh, know what so I mean, he, I wanted to be just like. So him. he was. So he was nice. No, yeah, he was. He was good. Yeah, he yeah. was good. Yeah, he's nice on the on, on the carne asada grill, but I didn't know he was he was good. <laughs> I've been to a couple of carne asadas at the crib, and he just starts like you just see him like putting in work, and I'm like you just kind of sit back and watch him. He's been putting in work. Yeah, Don Don Poncho's known for his carne asadas and his quesadillas at the end of the night when you're all buzzed and you had, you had like five tequila shots with him, or if you tried to go shop for shop for him, he'll give you a quesadilla. Make sure you don't go home drunk. Hey, the 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 uh, the, the loeras are te- te- tequileros, right? You always got a little bottle on deck. Always, always. It's just you know, it spices up the party. You know, beer's cool, but after two, three beers, like it just kind of sits. So I need a shot. I need I need this party liven up just a little bit. Yeah, tequila yeah. shots always. Tequila shots always does that. So, so I mean, it's been a couple of days, but um, you know, Happy Father's Day. You know, um, I know I, I shot, I shot you the text message, but this Father's Day was a little different for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a grandfather. Okay. I want to be grandpa. <laughs> everybody's trying to make, everybody's trying to make fun of me. But shit, I didn't realize like you know you're a vet, vet, but I guess I'm a super vet. Shit, I'm gonna be fifty. I'm gonna be fifty years old in February. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel it. I don't feel it, but it is what it is. I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we father time, man. He, you know, he keeps creeping up, and and uh, just kind of like on that on that family thing. Um, you know, you your your family's been big. You know, you got your you got your kids. Um, you know that that play sports, and you know, I I was saying like you're the hoops whisperer. You know, for the Latino players, but you've always been. Like, I always ask you, like, how come you don't head coach? You're like, nah, I want my kids to play. Like, you've always been like that. Whatever team they're on, you're not the head coach, but, like, you're in there and you're being assistant coach because you still want to be dad all the time. Yeah, I, I'm more, and I've always been more of a, I'm not really a X's and O's kind of guy. I'm always more, like, trying to teach the game within the game. You know what I mean? I'm a mentality uh, a toughness, uh, what to look for to, to get an advantage. The extras and all stuff is cool, but I like all the other stuff. I just want to help. Yeah. I don't want to be the main guy. I don't want to be the main guy. I just want to help out pitching and, and kind of help where, where I can. Yeah, yeah. So, so kind of back backtracking to um, your days, you know, so you're at Salt Lake Park. Um, you know, you transitioned from, from a baseball, basketball player to full-on basketball. And then where did you... Uh, when you went to high school as a freshman, where did you go? So I went, I grew up in Huntington Park. Uh, all my buddies went to Huntington Park High School. My friends were special. Mm-hmm. And so my mom did not want me to go to high school with them. She loved my friends, but she knew like, uh, this guy's going to end up, you know, our moms have them intuition. Yeah. This is going to happen to this guy. Gonna happen. And she didn't want me to go to high school with them. She brought me up. I uh, went to private school, elementary, same as I and then from there, I went to St. John Bosco. Um, went there for three years, and then obviously transferred to, to Bell Gardens. And that's kind of where, where we have the connection. You know, I went to BG, and, and for me, I've always been like, uh, you know, as far as basketball, I like, you know, like John Wooden and like the, like I always like to know the history. Like I like UCLA, but I know right. the history of the UCLA. And I like uh, the Lakers, but I need to know the history. And I was, I went to Bell Gardens, and I like to know the history of BG. And, and you were, you know, a couple years ahead of me. And there was always like, oh, Edgar Loera was good. You know, he was good at BG. Um, but... But my thing is, it was like one of those things where you you 
played your senior year, BG. You know, how did you how did you land at Bell Gardens from from St. John Bosco? Um, so I went to St. John Bosco. Obviously, St. John Bosco wasn't the ringer that it is now. It was an it was more known of a, as an academic school. When I went to Bosco, there was probably like seventeen Mexicans in the whole school. Wow, Pre- predominantly white, Asian, sprinkle a couple brothers in there, and Mexican. And we all hung out together, um, but it, it wasn't it wasn't like the sports ringer that it is today. They were good in football, or they were known, but they never really won anything. Not like now, where they're winning national championships and sending everybody to all kinds of Division One schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I went to Bosco in my junior year, towards the end of the year, maybe like a week left in the school year or two weeks. Uh, got caught up, uh, got into a little bit of trouble, um, and had to leave. I was asked to leave, leave nicely. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was tough because that whole summer, um, they were still trying, like, it was a big old scenario, like 13 kids got kicked out. I was one of them. Um, but everybody got kicked out, like, they had, they had information or evidence. To, to, uh, to make it a legit with me it was just word of mouth mm. kind of tough right but I mean you guys can put two to two together on why um, growing up in HP you know, I mean you're, you're a lot of times or me at least I was affiliated with a lot of people yeah. wasn't really I wasn't in a gang I wasn't a drug dealer but I knew a lot of them that did that stuff so anyways got caught up got kicked out um, they tried to reinstate me into the school the whole summer. They had me getting letters from from um, the pastor pastor at my school. He did that for me. Uh, I had recommendation letters from other parents, teachers, and eventually they said, "Nope, you know what? We got to stick to our guns, and you're not coming back." Wow. So this is like this is like freshman year was just. I mean, senior year was ready to start. It was already at the end of the summer. And uh, the whole time I thought, like, all right, they're going to let me back in. They're going to let me back in. Yeah. Um, and no, didn't go through. And so then I was like, shit, now what do I do? So um, were you, were you like, all year varsity at, at St. John Bosco? You were there for freshman varsity? Or did you do, like, the JV no. and stuff like that? Freshman, freshman year, I played freshman ball. And then... That year, they made the playoffs, and they moved me up. Freshman year, they moved me up to varsity. I didn't get any playing time, but, you know, I got to suit up and, and be on the bench. And it was funny, though, because I, I could have sworn they were going to put me in. <laughs> they never did. Um, but they moved me up my freshman year. And then sophomore year, I played varsity. JV, I played varsity. Funny story, my sophomore year, we played Milliken first game of the season at Boston. And I got to start because the other guard, there was there he was in football. His name is Calvin Mee. Um, he was like all CIS in football, all CIS in basketball. Anyways, there was still the football team was still making the run, and so he wasn't available yet. So I got to play, and we played Milliken with I don't know if you remember with Frankie Edwards. They were stacked. They had one of the Camper brothers, Frankie Edwards, like two or three guys going Division One. They beat the shit out of us. They beat us 82 to 28. 82 to 28. That was my first varsity game experience. 
But I had 14. I had half of our 28. <laughs> so, like, we lost, but I had the biggest smile on my face. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, good luck to you guys. I just had 14 in my first varsity game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, that, but that was it. So I played varsity my sophomore year, my junior year. Um, so then you end up at you end up at Bell Gardens and how did you end up? Why okay? So you're done with Bosco and where what, what what? How do you make that decision to to walk on to Bell Gardens? Because Bell Gardens ain't an HP. It's it's on the other city over. So, truth be told, at that my senior year, Bell High School was really really good. They had Tree and Caesar and South Serrano, George Lynch. Like they oh, were stacked smart. and they were, they were going to make a run. So. Everybody was trying to get me to transfer to Bell High. I was there for two weeks trying to get transferred into Bell High. My mom was not, she's like, you're not going to HP. I don't care, you're not going to go to HP, so find a school. So I tried to go to Bell, I was there for two weeks, and they just couldn't pull the trigger because everybody from HP and from Southgate knew I lived in Huntington Park. I literally lived across the street from Salt Lake Park. Mm. So everybody knew I lived in HP. There was no way it's going to fly. Uh, Bell finally said, nah, you know what, we can't do it, we're not going to risk it, because they were going to be good regardless whether I went to or not. Um, and now it's like two days before Halloween, and my mom says, alright, here it is, you find a school tomorrow, or you're going to get a job. And I'm like, what? And it's, yeah, it's like October 20th, I remember, I, my first day at Bell Garden was on a Friday. Wow. On a Friday. So I just told her, uh, I didn't want to do year-round, and back then it was year-round track, and uh, I only needed economics and government to graduate. So I was like, let me just get in, and uh, somebody had told me, like, you can graduate by December, just get your units done, and you're done. Yeah. So my mom knew a friend, um, she lent us the address, and I enrolled in BG on a Friday, like the 28th or something like that. So you enroll a month before basketball season, and yeah. how did you get on the squad? So I get to I, I get to school. So are you thinking are you thinking about hooping or are you just decided no, to? Sh- no, now I'm like just sad because I'm out of Bosco. I can't get into Bell. Like I don't know anybody at Bell Gardens. Like I'm whatever. Like I'm over life. Let me just graduate, make them all happy, and then whatever we'll figure it out there. But first day of school at Bell Gardens, the principal. I don't know if you. I don't know which Miss Riley. So she comes in. She pulls me out of class. And she takes me to the gym to go see them practice. And she's like, so you're going to play basketball, right? I was like, no, honestly, I just want to graduate and get out of here. Like, I don't want to play basketball no more. Uh, Miss Riley, she found out because Miss Riley, who was the principal at Bell Gardens, her husband was the athletic director at St. John Bosco. So when he found out that I transferred there, he told her. And then she kind of coerced me. Kinda. Yeah. Go play. Not, not her. It was more my mom. I told my mom like, guess what? They asked me to play, and she just she kind of made me. She was like, what? Well, you know what? You kind of owe it. You got to go finish. Like, don't be a quitter. Like, you're the senior year. Just go have fun. And at that time, honestly, I really wasn't thinking about college ball or any of that, anything like that. Yeah. I was. It was just from year to year. I I, I never played any travel ball. Uh, I remember. My junior year, I think in that summer, actually, I went and tried out for an ARC team. Uh-huh. Back then, it was Slam and Jump. Slam, what was it called? Slam, Slam and Jam. Slam, Slam and Jam. Slam and Jam. And, yeah. and ARC was the other. Yeah. And, on the, and when I went to the tryout, 
Mitchell Butler was there, Tracy Murray was there, and then me and a bunch of other cats. And I was, that was the first time where I was like, whoa, all right, maybe I'm not ready. But just kind of questioning my abilities, you know what I mean? I, I had never been with so many players of that height, height that height and that caliber where everybody's dunking and reverse dunking. Yeah. Sean Tarver was out there too. Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, no, never played any travel ball. I just wanted to go to BG. Let me just, let me just go to school, graduate, and then I I had no plans after that. I didn't know what I was gonna do. So then Riley brings you in. She you you start to hoop, and and yeah. you just end up on the team. And uh, for, you know, for me, the the the. The Edgar Loera story is that oh they just called the money they called the money like they called them e money you know and 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 I hear from uh, Brenda Pantoja was a was a a player during that time she she was like a stud uh, women's player uh, I know you befriended her but she like oh money money was was you know on campus and everyone knew him from like the first day and you know eventually you end up being on the team and you know you guys make probably you know. Um, the second round of the playoffs stuff like that yep. so how did your senior year yep. go did you how was the coaching style different man at, at, at bg crazy. roll roll the balls out let's roll edgar to do your thing yeah good old chuck lacomori bless him you know what i mean he's a good dude man good dude but the basketball was just totally totally different the first time i showed up it was like uh freshman jv and varsity all mixed so i couldn't tell who was varsity who's JV and who's freshman. I was just kind of like, man, this is going to be a long year. Um, and, you know, you bring up Brenda. Thank God for Brenda. She made my senior year. She was like my best friend. Then. Brenda's, you know, she's probably BG's greatest basketball player, and female the- or male, of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she was, a, I think she was a sophomore at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I got out there and then they finally they divided the teams up. Um, I'm playing, and I'm like, all right, you know what, man, these guys can play. And I didn't know anything like who was in our league, Montebello, none of that. I would just hear stories like, oh, Montebello's our rival. It, it kind of seemed like everybody was your rival back then. Oh, Rancho's our rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cal High's our rival. I was like, man, who, you know what I mean? So it was all new and fresh, but it was cool because nobody really knew me or how I played. Um, but we got out there, and we got out to a hot start. And we ended up winning league. Uh, I think we went like 12 and two. We we got to the second round of the playoff. And back then we were five double A. So we played with all the big dogs because of enrollment. Yeah, yeah. Had no, we had no business. Like uh, our first game was against Nogales. And they came in and it was a home game and they laughed at us. I remember they would come in and they were laughing and they were dunking. Like, you know, when the bus pulls in and they're checking out the gym, they're just looking at us and, they knew, like, oh, we got this game won. We ended up winning that game by, like, 15 points. Easy. Like, we had a really good team. Like, everybody knew their roles. Everybody played it to a T, and we played really, really hard. BG now, you know what I mean? Like, not very athletic, but you're going to get a dogfight. And the loose balls are ours, and you're going to catch a bow, and we're not going to back down. And that's basically how we were. So you so you hooped at BG. Um, you ended up at Cerritos, and then after Cerritos, you went to Laverne. So how was that? And then you ended up playing pro ball. You know, so it's like, you know, your trajectory kind of was going. It it, it almost fell off the rails for a little bit after the the whole 
um, St. John Bosco thing, and then you you end up at Cerritos. Um, but there was a guy I remember because when I went to school, his name was Kevin Ross. Did you? How did you uh, talk to me about that guy at Bell Gardens and and you know how he helped you out? Kevin Ross was. He came into my life after basketball season. Oh, okay. After my senior year, after basketball season, he was a he was he was an assistant at BG, but he was still playing pro ball in Europe. So in the off season, he would come and be a substitute teacher. Yeah. But he could hoop. Now this guy was six nine, skinny, wiry, looking shoot the shit out of the ball. Like I remember playing him at lunch, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna kill this guy. I'm gonna get by him, and he would just bat my stuff. In the stands every time. I would get by him and I think I would left and he would bat it. And I would guard him and he would just knock down threes in my face. But this was a grown ass man. And uh, he ended up being Joe Dumar's best friend. They, uh, they were teammates at Magnus State. So whenever Joe, whenever Joe would come to LA and if Kevin had an extra ticket or if he didn't take his girlfriend at the time or whatever, he would take me. So I got to meet Joe like when I was 18, 19 years old. And I would go to all the games. Um, so that was bad boy, bad boy era Joe Dumars. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Real quick, uh, we went, we met him at the Ritz Carlton in Marina Del Rey one time. Yeah. And we went to their practice. They were playing the Clippers. And then we followed him to Marina Del Rey, and we were going up to his room, and it was me, Kevin, and Joe Dumars in the elevator. And then a hand, as as the elevator doors were gonna close, and as we were gonna go up, a hand stuck through. And in comes Isaiah Thomas, Mark McGuire, Bill Lane Beer, oh. and me with Joe Dumars. And they get in the elevator and they're talking smack. And I'm just like, what the? Like, granted, like, I wore number 11 because of Isaiah Thomas. Because he was six feet, he had mad handles, and he was fearless. I thought it was Isaiah Thomas. Like, I looked up to him because I thought, okay, I can do that. If he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. But I mean, obviously not. But that's the reason I wore number eleven. But imagine, you know, me, nineteen years old, I'm in the elevator with how many of my Hall of Famers? Uh, two, three, three, three out of four, maybe. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was a quick story. I got to be in there. Okay, so so you're hooping, uh, you know, Kevin. Kevin's helping you out, um, you know, taking you all these spots, and you end up at Cerritos. How was your Cerritos career? How was your college career overall? Um. So it's you know it's funny you said sidetrack. My senior year, when we played Nogales, um, Kelsey Bakersfield was there to, to recruit the guard for Nogales. I ended up having a really good game, like almost a triple-double, and and they start talking to me. Um, at that time, again, I didn't have a role model. I had nobody. I was like, Bakersfield? What the hell is in Bakersfield? And at that time, like... Cerritos that came to see me play like three times in our in and in, in our area. If you could play for Cerritos, you were the shit. Yeah. You could hoop because um, nobody was really going anywhere besides that. You were going to Elac, Cerritos, pretty much. And all my friends were going to Elac. All my friends were going to go to Elac, um, but I already knew Cerritos wanted me, and they had already promised me a roster spot. So I was straight. I didn't really care who recruited me. Uh, I was going to Cerritos and around the neighborhood, like at Salt Lake Park, people were like, damn, you can play at Cerritos. They had just won the state championship. Um, you go to their gym now. Now, back then, it seemed like a huge arena. You know, I, I got to see them play, and I was just, I was all about Cerritos. Yeah. But anyways, they, re- they recruited, they came to recruit a kid. 
they they offer me um they want to set up a recruiting trip Bakersfield. Um, I'm at Bakersfield. Yeah, Cal State Bakersfield. So they, they want to set up a, a recruiting trip. They uh, it's set for like Saturday morning at 9 a.m. They're gonna pick me up at BG. What do I do? I go out Friday night with my boys to celebrate me going on this recruiting trip. <coughs> Have a little bit too much fun. I sleep through it. Oh. I wake up. I wake up and it's 12 o'clock. Oh. They already. They, they, I never showed up to BG for the recruiting trip, so I'm embarrassed. I don't know what to say. But at the time, I was still kind of like Bakersfield. So what? Like it's just Bakersfield. I've never heard of. I didn't even know Cal State Bakersfield had a team. But that's just me. I didn't know much of, of anything. Um, and then a month later, I turned on TV on Channel Two. You know how you used to watch like all the college games on Channel Two? Yeah, Jimmy and and the stuff. Nine, the nine, yeah, the 9:30 game was the Division Two. NCAA National Championship and guess who's playing? Cassidy <laughs> Bakersfield. Yep, they went to four. They went to four national final fours. I would have went to three of those if I would have just showed up at nine o'clock and went on this recruiting t- trip and accepted. So your game, you know, you said, you know, like uh, that must that must have been a tough pill to swallow, especially like you know you think you're you're hooping and you're going to Cerritos the spot that you feel, and then it's like damn missed opportunity. You know, and it's yep. uh, yep. you know, you kind of make make the best of it from from yep. you know, and, and your game was you were nah, I want to say flashy, but like in the era of like a little bit, it, yeah. But in, but I'm saying in the it, it's like you're flashy, but it was it was you got the ball there. You know what I'm saying? It was like in the era yeah, of Showtime, yeah. Magic. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got yeah. you got dudes throwing behind yeah. the neck and fucking that shit hits the exit signs, you know? Like yours... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yours was like behind the back, you know, and, you know, no look and, and driving and between the leg, but it was like efficient, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So was it that was, your... It was never planned. Like, I was real instinctive, but I was instinctive with like a pass through my leg behind my back uh, a no looker but it was just really insane I was never I never planned anything it wasn't more to show off either no no it wasn't it wasn't I never planned anything I would just play and then whatever the defense did I would I became instinctive and I would just respond so it was just a counter and so so you so but I mean obviously watching the Lakers you know they're like okay the no look you know that helped and Isaiah you know so like those guys you know what else helped what else up is that at Solid Park, like none of us could dunk at Solid Park. But we had a mean layup game and we had times for days. And it wasn't just me, it was it was Noe Sanchez. A lot of people would know that name. <coughs> and we would just always try to up each other. The sweetest pass, the sweetest layup, that's what got us. Like, ooh, that was nice. Because nobody can dunk. But we had a mean layup game and we can drop times. So, so my story is on on the on the sweetest pass is every time I go to the NBA and you got the the top ten passes of the NBA, probably around number five or six you get the Jay Williams, Jason Williams, white chocolate <laughs> re- behind yeah. the back, off the elbow. Like that would be the number one pass if Rafe LaFrance didn't fucking get fouled during that play. Yep. But but it was a behind the back, off the elbow. <coughs> and when I saw yep. that, I was like. I fucking seen that shit like five years ago because I saw you Thank do you. it. Yes, sir. And, and it was, yep. it's just funny because, you know, like, you know, and it was always like e money, e money. And I remember, and it was like 
all the time and you would you would drop it to uh to i remember uh you would come to um i don't know if it was open runs you would bring steve leary some some big tall dude and he was like six yeah. ten, and he could just he was just a pogo stick so it was yep. easy for you, you know. You throw the, the 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 Gary Payton like no luck to to Sean Kemp, and you just throw it anywhere, yep. and he go get it, yep. you know. So, so those dudes. Um, so you play college hoop, but those dudes. When I saw you, you were a little older. You were already playing pro, um, and you were playing in those. Um, they call them mercenarios now. I don't know what they call them then, but yep. you you were you were you were getting flown out to. Um, to Mexico for weekends, um, yep. you know, to play in tournaments, get cash cash per game. How how did that go? And tell me a little about that. Um, so in that, uh, I went one, I went a few times, but I went to we went to Acapulco. Acapulco has this big festival. Um, I don't know if it still exists. The first time I went was with the national team, and we I, I remember we were practicing for Central Basket. And we went to, they were like, we're going to Acapulco for the weekend. We're going to go play in there. They're going to pay us in a, put us in a hotel. And 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 it's going to be all great. And I was like, Acapulco, really? And it was like a three-hour drive. Um, but yeah, they, they play from like 24 hours. I don't think they, because we would play at midnight. And we would play in front of 5,000 fans. 5,000 fans at midnight in Acapulco. Outdoors. And you go play. Indoors, outdoors. Yeah, outdoors. Outdoors, but they by the time I went with with Pelon and Frankie Frankie Edwards and Brian Camper, we had a stacked team. Like there's no way we're losing that tournament out there. Um, but they had really nice, really nice friends. They had All Star game. I'm telling you, five thousand fans outside, outdoor courts, middle of the night, played, mid, like midnight, or the game is already behind, so we play at one in the morning. Oh. And then you would still collect your money and then go to the club till. Six, seven in the morning. So, <laughs> so, so those. So, okay. So, how did you end up on the national team? So, you played at Cerritos. You went to Laverne. Uh, from what I remember, okay, at Laverne, so we're, we're kind of jumping back and forth, but I like it. I I went to Cerritos. Went to Cerritos my freshman year. Um, back then, do you remember they had, they had they had summer leagues for junior colleges, and Elac had like one of the biggest ones. I remember my, my first day going there, and everybody's dunking. Everybody on the team. Like everybody, um, that's the first time I met Carlos Palomino. He never Carlos Palomino played in the circuit like once or twice, um, but had boosties like you would not believe. He was six two, Mexican American kid, spoke no Spanish. His dad was the Carlos Palomino, the pro boxer. He was a world champion. So up until this point, what what what? You're a freshman at Cerritos, going to the summer league? Yeah, I'm, this is this. Yeah, well, going into your summer year. Like, Going, I was a senior. Going, we're about to graduate, but so all these junior colleges would have these summer leagues or spring league games, and so you can see who they're going to recruit and who's going to make the team. And you hadn't played in any Latino tournaments, or you didn't even know what Latino tournaments were yet, or yes. So that, no, I hadn't yet. Okay. But that that summer, uh, I went to the Bahamas. I went to the Bahamas with the Latino Latino All Star team. The, we went to the Bahamas with the Latino All Star. And I met some some of the players. And I who, who the ran that Latino All Stars? What what? what, what how, you Rick, Rick, Ron, Rick Ron Keel and Bob Allen. His name was Bob Allen. Bob Allen. He was a coach at St. Bernard's at the time, and he took a Latino team to the Bahamas. Really? For two for two weeks, yeah. So it was 
Man, who was on that team? Uh, Milo Chavez from Sure. There was guys from Sure, guys from St. Paul, and then uh, Mario Nava, who was an Elac legend from Riverside. Um, Marlon Dominguez. I don't know if you ever know him. He went to Elac too. He went to Jefferson High School. Big three Mexican cat with jerry curls and hops. <laughs> That's the yeah, era. like like that. Spoke spoke it. He was Guatemalan. He spoke it. He acted. He would pull up to my house in a Beretta on 22s. And we're like 18 years old. <coughs> Crazy. Um, but anyway, so we went to the Bahamas with that team. And then when I came back, they asked, they asked me, was it? Man, no, I'm lying. My first, Tommy Nunez was my first Latino. When I was, it was, it was, it was after, yes. It was after my two years at Cerritos. Um, I went to the Tom Unions. It was Javier Zavala, Carlos Palomino, um, Gene Altamorano, who's still playing in, who's still playing in, in the tournaments and still looks the same. He looked like that when he was 19 years old. Yeah, that guy and just runs, still the, runs the floor, athletic, CrossFit, like a yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Yep. So, so it was me, Carlos, Javi, Gene, and Marlon Dominguez. It was us five. And we played with Tony Rubio and John Flores and some guy named Alex. We used their bid. Bob Alanis took us. We used their bid. And we got to the final four. Bunch of kids. We were, we were 19, 20 years old, all of us. We didn't even know there was a Latino circuit. But we got to the final four, I remember. And in the semifinals, Carlos twisted his ankle bad. And Javier pinned somebody's shot on the backboard and came straight back on his head and had a concussion. Oh. He was out. That, that was, back then, 20-year-old Javi to jump with the best of them. Like, he was tomahawking on people. Yeah. When Once he... Javi didn't turn into Javi until he tore his knee in Mexico, and then he became a shooter. But before, before Javi had a bad ACL, he was athletic Javi, going by you and trying to dunk on dunk on you trying to dunk on everybody slasher Um, I heard stories about him yeah he was he had mad hops athletic super athletic super athletic but no shot no shot at all so he developed the shot as soon as he got his ACL injury after the ACL it slowed him down a step and then he became into hobby 2.0 where for like maybe one or two years he was probably the best player in the whole circuit yeah he was and then it's funny because you're like, oh, we, we borrowed someone's bid. So so back in the day at the Tommy Nunez tournament, there was a waiting list or like the, yep. the, the fake waiting yep. list. You know, like, people, yep. you know, Tommy brought in the best teams. He wanted this tournament to be the best. You know, he would have his his bracket double elimination. And like there was like a legit waiting list and there was bids and like people kept their bids. Like like if you got a letter at your house from Tommy Nunez and said, hey, you're invited. That was like only a letter that was sent out to a limited amount of people. And the thing is, if those people didn't decide to jump into the Tommy Nunez tournament before a certain date, then they would go like on the waiting. And I remember people would be like, oh, I'm number four on the waiting list. And they would, and as soon as they, they, they would get in, that's it. They would be like, you know, like there's, there's the, there's one team that I played with um, like one of the first times I, I, I was out there, and it was a team called Kuna de Aslan. They're from Blythe, and it yeah, was, it was yeah, my, yeah, yeah. It was my boy Bert, 
And Bert was, you know, he was cool. He's a, you know, compa and, and a homie or whatever. And, you know, we just hooped. And and he's like, bro, I don't give a shit. I'll come with five guys. I'm never losing my bid, bro. And, yep. <laughs> and that's what it was, dog. Like, dudes would, would keep their bid. You know, I played with a, a team April win with Larry Rubio. He was one of the. <laughs> he was one of those. Dudes. I played with led. I played with some legends down there, bro. I played with you know, I played with Larry yep. Rubio uh, with April wins. They call him April never wins. You April know, never wins. April never wins. <laughs> but, April wins. That's but the they had, their, they had their bid, and they were at every single tournament with the same guy. Yeah, and and you know so, I played with, with oh, East LA, you know, uh, for that time. So yeah, that. So anyways. So, so you were at the Tommy Nunez. Uh, you played at the Bahamas. Let me let me go through my let me just give you through my college stuff really yeah, quick. Yeah. So I get the Cerritos. My freshman year, I don't play a lick. Like I don't see any time unless we're up like twenty or thirty. Um, I get playing time, and uh, it was tough. Um, but we had really good players. Like our PG went to Colorado State. Everybody would sign, so everybody on every sophomore would 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 get playing time. I mean, every sophomore on the team is gonna sign. If you're on the Cerritos team and and you make it, I mean, everybody signs. So I basically just had to. I I had never experienced not playing at all, like 20 games, and I'm not playing. I'm just on the bench. But every practice, I'm I'm getting better because, in all honesty. All my basketball, that my IQ that I have today is from those two coaches at Cerritos. Uh, <clears throat> Coach Bogdanovich and his assistant, um, Dean Acklin, they're both, they're both in the Hall of Fame. But I learned all my basketball, basketball from those guys. I learned how to play defense my freshman year. So slowly I'm becoming a more well-rounded game because up until that point, like I was just all offense and I would go block shots and get steals, but I never really sat down and knew how to slide my feet and stay in front of somebody or how to play off the ball, how to get through screens, none of that stuff. I learned all that stuff at Um I, I get to my sophomore season, and I'm thinking, like, all right, this is my time. I'm going to play a lot. And, again, I'm on the bench. Nope, not playing at all. <clears throat> not playing at all. And I'm getting a little bit discouraged. Um, but we had a third assistant, Jerry Hernandez, who is at – Irvine Valley College right now. He was always in my ear, like, stick with it. Stick with it. Like, you're working too hard. Like, the basketball guys are going to pay you. They're going to pay you back. I promise. I promise. And it's already, like, 17 games into the season. I'm not, I'm not, still not getting playing time. Um, I had another point guard that signed with Alaska Anchorage. Athletic. Um, a lot quicker than me at the time. Um, so I wasn't getting playing time. And I was never one to like, hey, go talk to your coach or find out why or how. I would just keep quiet and just work hard, you know what I mean? And eventually, hopefully, things would work out. So what happens is we go to Modesto for a tournament, and this is like the last tournament before conference starts, and that point guard tears his ACL. And I I finally, I get my chance, unfortunately, that way. But I get my chance, and man, I just, I took off. I took off. I was just really hungry, and that that assistant Jerry's like, "All right, I told you, basketball guys are paying you back. I told you." So I just took advantage, and I, I want to say I, I led the conference in, in assists. I was like 12 and nine for the conference. I think I finished number four in Cerritos all-time assist list. And honestly, it was only for like 15 games, or else I would have shattered that shit. Yeah. Uh, 
I would have shattered that shit if I would have played even a little bit my first two years. Yeah. So I go there, and then um, we we make a run in the playoffs. We end up losing to LA City on a 40-foot 40-foot bomb from three-quarter court to go to state. Wow. That's how I lost my sophomore year. Yeah, I, I remember it was pouring rain, and it took us three and a half hours to get from Cerritos to LA City. We got to the game an hour late because traffic going through downtown LA. Wow. But we were we were fired up. We would put, I don't know if you remember, but Cerritos would pull up in charter buses. That's right. Pulled up in the charter bus, and we're rocking that bus. Like, we, we're so fired up, we couldn't wait to get off the bus. Like, and it was, we were up the whole game, and yeah, they had a shot, and boom, luck, luck counts, um, and sent us home. But that game, um, I had a few coaches there watching me play. Uh, I had an opportunity to go to College of Idaho, which was Albertson's college, NAIA. They were like ranked number one preseason, and they were just getting a brand new $10 million arena. <clears throat> I couldn't see myself in Idaho, so I didn't really take them seriously. Um, San Jose State came and inquired on me, but I swear to you, I had a meeting with my head coach, and he was like, well, if you want to go D1, you go to San Jose State, but you're not going to have fun. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, Division One, how's that not fun? He's like, you're going to lose about 20, 25 to 30 games in the season. And that's not fun. I don't care if you're Division One, Division Two, or Division Three. And that always stuck with me. And I trusted this man so much that I was like, all right, I won't go. I won't go to San Jose State. And then University of Laverne was there. And I remember I remember him at the game. Because he, he was a young black guy. Um... He was sitting right behind our bench. I didn't know who he was at the time, but even after the game, after we lost, like, I walked to the car because I didn't go back on the bus. I was with Lulu. We were walking through LA City campus, and he walked right behind me the whole time, but never said a word. And then I got a call from them and uh, ended up ended up committing and going to University of Laverne. Nice. Played there. Played there my, my junior year. Played there. And uh, led the nation in assists my junior year. Um, we were nationally ranked. We were like 11th at one point. And I remember we lost two starters to knee injuries. And then we just went 500 the rest of the season. And uh, the cool thing about that is my last game of the season, we were playing Redlands. And if you remember back then, Redlands would get up and down. They, they averaged, I think they led the nation in scoring. They averaged like 128 points a game. And I remember going the last game... And the athletic director came and told me, Edgar, you need 17 assists to win, um, to take the lead. Because the the kid before me had just played, and whatever. He averaged like 9.1. Ended with 9.1. And for me to finish with 9.2, I needed to, I needed like 17 assists that game. Yeah. I ended up with 18 and 18 that game. (laughs) Last game. Last game of the season. And it was cool because a lot of my, a lot of my friends from high school, from Bosco, they all showed up, so they were hyping me up. They were hyping me up, and it was just weird. It, was, it just—I'm glad it was Redlands because Redlands just wants to play up and down. They don't want to run track, none of that. Yeah, so they I had that—they had that eight-minute offense before that shit was a, a thing. Yeah, they—they they were just shooting. They were like 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 Loyola Marymount. They were just getting up and down and shooting. But so that was a blessing that we played them, or else I don't, I don't know that I would have ever finished with. 18 assists and 18 points in, in one game. So that was my junior, that was my junior year. 
um, I didn't I didn't turn in my financial aid paperwork um, I didn't turn it in on time but what happened was you know my whole relationship with Joe Dumar throughout the year at that time I was older and Kevin Kevin Ross would play in leagues and he would take me so this particular time he, he took me to play in a men's league with him and Joe Dumars was in town and he came to watch his play so all this time he knew I played but he had never seen me play or anything nothing but he saw me play and after the game he was like do you want to go to Mexico I was like what do you mean do I want to go to Mexico he's like I know the president of the federation you want to go to Mexico I'll get you to Mexico and I had just found out that my paperwork still do so I wasn't going to have my financial aid for my senior year so I was like yeah I'll go to Mexico and he made a phone call and two weeks later I'm on a plane to try out for the Mexican national team oh so you took that <laughs> jump straight to the national team not to well it, it was supposed to be like a tryout where they wanted to see me I don't think it was you know what I mean like just because Joe called they're like okay you got a guy yeah send him they were practicing to go to El Centro Basket but it, for me it was it was just more of a, a personal tryout. They just wanted to see me play. I don't know that I didn't know that I was actually going to try out for the national team. But because it was Joe calling, they're like, "Oh, that fuck is good enough. Send him to the national team." So, so I remember, I remember leaving. Um, a couple things stick to my mind, and I remember leaving. And uh, the day I left, a friend dropped me off, and my dad like walked me to the car. And I had never seen my father cry. And, and I'm getting a little emotional because, uh, you know, you see your dad cry, it's tough. But I thought, like, oh, he's sad. You know, obviously he's sad that I'm leaving. But when I finally talked to him, he was like, man, I was scared to death. You know, like, you don't understand, you're going to Mexico City, you don't know anybody. That's a tough city. You're, you're 22 years old, you don't know anybody. There's no cell phones. So, like, to call back, you have to call collect. Or you got to get those cards, but I didn't have a whole lot of money. I think I went with like a hundred dollars, like a hundred dollars, and I was—I didn't know how long I was going to be gone for. I was gone for a month and a half. But another guy that saved me over there was uh, my boy Andy Olivas. El Alcon. To this day, yeah. To this day, nobody better say anything bad about that guy in front of me because he didn't know me. I knew of him because one summer there was open runs at Cerritos, and he showed up. And he was just killing everybody. And I'm talking about Long Beach State Cats. You see Irvine guys, like, he was killing. Off the dribble, post-up, jumpers, dunking. I was like, who is this cat? But that, that was the first time I saw him. And then the next time I saw him, I got off the plane in Mexico City. And he was there with the sign, Edgar Loera. And I was like, oh, shit. Really? I'm here? That guy's really good. What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> but he took care of me. He took care of me like a little brother, man. Like that trip to Acapulco, we went. I didn't have any money. He paid for everything. He looked out for me. Ever since that day, he always, always looked out for me. So nobody better say anything bad about Andy Olivares in front of me because that guy, that guy's a real one. And besides that, he's, besides that, he's probably the best Mexican basketball player I've ever seen in my life. I was about to, I was about to jump into that. Uh, uh, I mean, Andy, uh, local guy, Whittier. Um, I think he went to Cyprus, ended up at USC, um, yeah. and and 
he had he was probably in in in, in the era that I uh, that we hooped in. He was probably like one of the f- the guys that probably had the most legitimate shot as a Mexican American to play in the NBA. Um, he was on um, an M- a couple of NBA rosters, uh, New Jersey Nets for a little bit. Um, but he used but, to kill. In, you remember they used to have the prime at the pyramid? Like he used to kill there. Like everybody, everybody. I was at his house. Who was the GM for the Washington Wizards? Was it Wes Unseld back in the day? I want to say Wes Unseld. I answered the phone when they were going to give him a trial. He was going to go to training camp. I answered the phone. I was like, oh, shit, Andy. Here's for you. It's the Washington Wizards. <clears throat> he had plane ticket, everything to go to training camp with him. And then I want to say the following weekend, he broke his ankle. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Andy, Andy, like, yo. A whole nother level, like six three, two twenty five, strong, can handle with both hands, can shoot it, can jump. Yeah, crazy, crazy. He was one of those dudes where I remember we used to play at um and we had a Latino Sunday uh open run at um what was that in Monterey Park. It was Elders at Elders Park. Yeah. And all the uh, like I was I was probably a sophomore um, at ELAC and that's when I was in probably the best ship of my life and that's when everyone was playing and I remember hearing stories about Andy and hearing that he was like with the Nets and when I saw him play like I've never up until that point um, like as far as basketball wise he, you know how they say like oh that guy's got the ball on the string that yep. legit that was the first time in my life that I ever saw somebody and I was like, okay, now I understand what having a ball on a string is. Because that guy was so fluid with it, had the strongest hands, you know. And he, yeah. he was cocky as fuck, you know. But, oh. <laughs> but, but, but. The he goes, thing, you know, and, and that's who, but that's who Andy is. Like, he's, he's just really confident. You know what I mean? I get it, the whole cocky, but he's really, really confident. And he's always been like that. And I love that about him, you know what I mean? Like, we would go play at parks and gym. And he would let motherfuckers have it. Like, he didn't care who you were, what you look like, and don't get him pissed off because he'll punch you in the face. <laughs> and there's nothing you and there's nothing you can do about it. Absolutely nothing. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. But that... it's funny you bring up you bring up Elders Park. Like, those were the best runs. Best runs. Because that that was another part of like the Latino circuit. On Saturday mornings, we'd go to Elders Park, and every you have like four or five different teams and we're running we're playing runs and if you lose get your team off and the next one come on mm-hmm. but it, it was like mini tournaments on Saturday morning wow, that was that was some good shit I remember and we'd be there from like nine to like one like just going yep. you know yep and it, 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 it would be us like it would be Devastators back at that time when I first started it was Devastators then you'd have Eastlos who was like our rivals back in that day. That's who brought me and in. And then you yeah. had East, East LA would show up, Tangre Latina would show up, and maybe one other team. But we were out there just scrimmaging Saturday mornings, having little mini tournaments. And but it, and, it, and it's funny, you know, back then, like, if you saw me, you would know, like, oh, he's very, whatever team. At the time, I think I was devastated. I've only, I only played with Devastators and Estrella. And then later on, I think I, I played with you guys too. But like in my, the meet, of my career it was you knew like oh he's here with Devastators oh okay he's here with with Estrellas yeah. everybody knew 
You know what I mean? Like, you you play on one team and you pretty much stuck to it. Like, those were your boys and you're going to, you you take your lumps and then as your pass, like, you would figure it out and you would get finally get better and you get to Sunday or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- that was then, though. And, and that's, I mean, and it was all, it was cool. It was, like, all about relationships, you know, like the dudes that, I mean, basketball is all, all about relationship and networking, you know. Even, like, uh, I, I remember um, when we, we'd go to, um, you know, watch all these these hoop camps or, you know, we'd go to these uh, showcases where either CJ was playing or Charlie was coaching yeah. or Lorenzo was there. And, you yeah. know, we just, we, it's just, like, people knew you. Through hoop, through you being e money, um, you know your your college teammate was was a um, and he's like the the GM CEO of Compton Magic, which is probably one of the top you know uh, AAU programs in, in the country. You know. Yep. Yep. He was uh, he was with me at Laverne. Uh, you you know he was ambitious. He was he was always smart and ambitious, and he was the only guy who had he had his own apartment. He had a car. He had an ATM card. Like he was that guy even back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was—he was always really cool. He, was, he went to UCI out of high school. I think out of Arizona. And then him too. He, he blew out his his ACL, and uh, he was just a different player. Because I guess he used to be a—he used to—he used to jump a lot. Um, but then he he found a jumper too after his ACL. That's what he did at Laverne. I think he played there two seasons. I just got to play with him the senior year. So, so then, um, you know, just like I said, you know, these relationships. And now, you know, you played for Devastators and Estrellas. Um, and, you know, um, like probably on the tail end of your Estrellas career, um, you guys picked up a young guy um, from some of the locally, Lorenzo Mata. And then you became <laughs> kind of like a, like a mentor, uh, big brother. Uh, to him, yeah. You know how was that connection? How did you connect with him? You know how was that? So, so my um, how did it go? So after that national, I was there with the national team for about a year and a half. We we did a we did a little tour. We went to different cities and played, and that's where the different pro teams um, saw me play. And then I came home. Um, obviously, didn't make the team at that very first year on the national. But I think they were already set though. Yeah. Trying to add anybody. And uh, I got picked up. Um, got a, oh no, shoot. I, I actually got my first contract uh, to go to Durango, Leñadores de Durango. Um, the coach heard of me, but hadn't seen me play. So he was from Juarez, Rufo Torres. He's a legend out there. He brought a team from Juarez to play in the Memorial Tournament, which was run by Martin at the time. Martin and Flores at, from Workman. Yep, and it, and it was run at uh, Rio Hondo College. That was my that was my very first um, Latino circuit experience. Um, Martin called me and he was like, "Hey, this team wants to see you play. I don't know you, but I'm gonna put you on this team. You play at 12 o'clock, like that. Phone call like that. And then the Durango coach called me and was like, "Hey, I'm flying in, but I'm bringing a team." And you're gonna play against my team. I want to see you play. His team had Ray Rodriguez, but at the time I didn't know Ray, Ray Rodriguez. He was coming off an ACL surgery, um, and that was his his first tournament back. Poor thing, I let him have it. <laughs> He's my boy, but I remember playing 
and man, I think I ended up with like 36 points. They put me on some random team. I to this day I couldn't tell you none of the guys on that team. I don't even know the team name, none of that. But I remember playing, and then the coach right after that he's like, "All right, let's go to the hotel. Let's sign you a contract." And I was like, "What? Sign contract? What? No, I'll go to your hotel and let's talk." Um, and then that's when I, I would call like Andy, like Andy, this team wants me, and this is what they're offering, and he'd be like, "No, no, no." Ask for this much, or tell them that I'm gonna take you to a team. And sure enough, I call them, and then they're like, "All right, we'll give you this amount." And so I ended up signing with Leñadores de Durango. Um, played there my first year. Um, that's where I met Arnie Ramirez, who still plays in these tournaments and still out there running around shooting three. Um, I remember I negotiated Arnie's contract out there. Um, but when we came home, I guess he had been playing in the Latino tournaments, and his dad, Lechero, would always put teams in. They didn't really have a team name. They would just go under Lechero. Um, I think we played in the Palm Springs tournament. Yeah, back when into the, back, the Coachella tournament. The Coachella tournament, yeah. yeah. We played in that one, and we won it. Uh, but it was just me, Arnie. Shoot, who else was on that team? I think, do you remember the Epps brothers? They're from like Eagle Rock. Yeah, the Epps. Yeah. They have Mike, Mike and John. Yeah. They 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 played it, and we ended up winning the tournament. Um, and so I just kind of Arnie would call me and be like, "Hey, we have this tournament. You want to go play?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll, you know, if I'm home, I want to play." Uh, but after that tournament, I think Devastators called Arnie, and then Arnie was like, "Hey, well, we're gonna go to this tournament. We're gonna play with Devastators." I was like, "All right, I, whatever. I just I want to play." Uh, but I still didn't know like East Coast or none of that. Uh, in, uh, in East LA, none of them. I just knew Arnie. Uh, I, I had never been exposed to the La- the Latino tournaments. You play with the Devastators. You are you were you guys were you guys good? Um, you know, uh, as far as like. Well, yeah, we you know back then it was it was Tony, Big Tony, Robert Sid, Arnie, and me, and then Chris Allen, and then one or two two or three other guys. I mean, yeah, we were good. I mean, I thought, you know, I thought it was really good, and Arnie was really good. Robert Sick can run and shoot and never get tired back then. Um, Tony was the brute in the block, and then Chris Allen would rebound and block shots. So, yeah, I mean, we right off the back, I, I want to say we went to Flagstaff. I'm horrible when it comes to dates and championships. Horrible. I just remember little stuff. Yeah. Um, so, we, I mean, at every tournament... We were in it. Like, we had a chance to win. We would beat Eastlos all the time. They would beat us, but we would beat them all the time, too. Um, and they were, like, the top dogs at the time. Eastlos would go to most of the tournaments and win them. But if we would beat them, then we would go on to win the tournament. Um, and at that time, when we first started, then I, then I brought Meg with me. And then I brought Tree to play with Devastating. Those are the Bell so guys. The guys. Those are the Bell Those guys. Are, yeah, well... Bell and Meg was from Southgate. Okay. So that's when we really took off. Then we really started. Then we were really, really good. And we can, you know, we knew we had a chance to win every single game every time we showed up. And then... At who was the, who was the good rivals during that time? Like, besides the local guys, were there... I mean, I, I know you're not good with names, but were there, like, other teams from, like, maybe Albuquerque? I remember Albuquerque had teams or Oakland yeah. had teams, shit like that. Yeah, o- Oakland had the Oakland Warriors, and then they had Alma Latina. 
um, New Mexico. I forgot what they were called. But they, there was like three brothers that played together that, that were always really good. Um, Mis Hermanos from Arizona. You remember Suavecito from Phoenix? Guerra uh, Soul was not around. Uh, what's the other? Phoenix had a team Arvizu. Arvizu, yeah. That were, they were always around. But predominantly, like, the best teams back then were, were East Los, Alma, Oakland Warriors, and us. East LA played in it. Um, but East LA back then were a bunch of they weren't athletic they would just play really 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 hard like to the point where people always thought they wanted to fight but that's they just played hard that way no no they wanted to fight uh, I played for them fucking big, big, <laughs> big C's dog he, he missed the MMA yeah. era bro he, <laughs> that fucking guy missed his calling bro he would have he I, 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 yeah. I, I'll tell you this story we were, I was uh, I was 18. I got flew into the Tommy Nunez, and Caesar was still playing at the time, and he was still playing in the opens. And I remember one time the ball went to the sideline, and that guy just gave that guy a forearm shiver, bro. And he laid yep. some dude out. And even like yep. Big Sal and Dave were like, "Hey, bro, hey, you need to chill out," because he dropped the hammer. Like he like he, yep. he had five fouls, and and he those fouls he like. He was taking fools out, yeah. and I played the last. I played his last game because he just—he's like, "Hey, bro, these these guys are little kids. I, I I'm gonna hurt somebody." <laughs> he fucking retired like that weekend, but he yeah. yeah those, those guys are those guys are bruisers, bro. They had Sal and and Dave Martinez and and, and Big yeah. T. So yeah, for sure you you yeah. are you are wrong with by saying that. <laughs> this was before they started getting athletic and getting like Drew and Rich Lopez and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, that, that was like the that was like the second era or maybe even third era yeah. of East LA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So before that, they were just playing rugby, rugby out there and getting the tangles and fights with everybody. But they were always there. Like it was always the same teams, and every team had the same players, which you know you you appreciated. From time to time, like it'd be a brand new a brand new tournament will come up and. And like uh, your team's not gonna go, and you'll get picked. Like I played with Sangre one time in in Arizona, and I I want to say I played with Alma Latina. I played with Joe one time in Delano, but other than that, you were always the, the big three tournaments. You know who you were going with. That was LA, Vegas, and Tommy. <coughs> that was the, the back three. then. It was yeah. There was so back then the season would start with the Delano. Coachella tournament in Delano. No, first Coachella like in March. That was like the first one. Mm. And then you, you had Flagstaff. No, maybe that was in March, right? Because it was... It was, it was something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was flat. It, I think they were alternate. Some dudes would go to one. Some dudes would go to the other one. Yeah. Flagstaff was cool because it was always snowing. And some of us had never been to the snow. So that was different. Um, but you had Flagstaff, Coachella, uh, Delano. Um, then you had San Antonio Tournament. Um, but but the main ones were L.A. Memorial, Vegas, and Tommy. The big three. The big three. The big three with a bunch of little ones thrown around here. Yeah, a lot of region, a lot of regional tournaments that people would just go to get a, get out of town and get some hoop on. Yeah, yeah. So, so back so, then, the, the rivalry for us was Devastators East and then and then up north was Alma and uh, Oakland Warriors. So those were the four. Like we knew we're gonna if, if to win it, we're gonna see 
two of those, if not all three of them. That's how it was back then. Everything, everybody else is just, they were just there for the barbecue. <laughs> the O2 barbecue. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. So, so back then, when, when I played with Devastators, Islos had Jerry Espinosa from Bell and Cesar Ubaye from Bell. And then little, little, well, Sam, not little because he's 6'4", but Sam was just coming up too, and he also played with Islos. And then we were all from HP, Bell, Southgate. So we hung out, like, we knew each other in the city. Like, we would see each other in the streets or at Tully Park or whatever. And we would always talk, like, man, we need to get together. We need to get together. And Javier, Javier is originally from Huntington Park, but he lived in Santa Fe Springs. Um, but we would always say, man, we need to, because we, everybody was kind of, not getting tired of, but, like, you're part of a team, but it'd be really cool if it was just us from the same neighborhood. Like, not guys from all those different places. Like, we're all from, like, within two or three miles, we're all from there. And you guys hung out. So we would, when we, yeah, we would hang out. So, so when we would play in these tournaments, you know, you go to the clubs, and we were hanging out. Us, the, the local guys, the guys from HP Bell, which was Jerry, Tree, Caesar, Javi, Big. We would, we would hang out. Arnie. Arnie was the only outsider. <laughs> at the time but um, we would hang out even even over there um, even though we were rivals so we would hang out and eventually we we said you know what enough of this let's, let's, let's get a team together and I don't want I don't even know who named us as players I want to say it was Tree I thought the name was corny as shit to be honest <laughs> um, but I was like really you didn't name it Estrellas but whatever I just wanted to play uh, but eventually that's how we got together so you basically took the core from Devastators and a good portion of Islos, which was running things, and we put Estrellas together. And you guys were, were Estrellas. And what was the first tournament that you guys played in? We played, remember John had Memorial in San Diego at UCSD one year? Okay. So that was our first tournament, and I'll never forget it. First game... First game as a player, we played Oakland Warriors. And Oakland Warriors was, they were good. Like, they were men. They were still young at the time, but they're grown-ass men. 6'7", 6'8", shooters, guards. Like, they were a complete team. We played them the very first game, and they beat us by 33 points. Everybody was watching us play because we made a big deal. I don't know. Did it come out on the smack page? No, the smack page <laughs> wasn't around then. Uh, what, what? No, it wasn't around yet. So I remember we came out and everybody came to see us play and we got beat by 33 points to Oakland Warriors. And we all just kind of looked at each other like, what the fuck just happened? Like that should never, ever happen. That's yeah. not why we built this team. And so we made a run and we got to the championship game and I think we lost to Islos um, of that tournament. And I swear to you, after that beating that Oakland Warriors gave us for the next three, four years, we never lost to them again. We would always remember that, and we would always beat the shit out of them. Especially, like, if it was in Tommy or Vegas. Like, I know they were tired of seeing us after, like, the second year, because we would just let them have it every single time. And I want to say for, like, two years, Estrellas, we played in every single championship game for two years straight. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So, I mean, and, and which brings me to what you, you said, the smack page. The smack page, um, during that time, I mean, you guys... <laughs> 
you guys got the tail end of the smack page like you you know yeah. i think Simiedo got more of like the the hype through the, yeah. through the smack page and i remember some of the guys would be like man i wish fucking estrellas were uh, around during the smack page because then you know we get our we'd get our love uh you know like whatever but yeah. i i always i always knew you guys and um you know i i personally for for quite a long time and you know you guys were like we're like on the Mount Rushmore of the the top teams in the in the um, Latino circuit. You guys were number one for, as far as uh, I was concerned, uh, for a lot of years because I was like, dude, I knew you guys. And the thing is, you guys put the team together, and and then and then to the um, to the Tommy Nunez, everyone's like, well, how are they gonna get into the Tommy Nunez? They don't have a bid. Blah blah blah. Bro, that that bit is fucking a hoax, dog. You call Tommy and be like, "Hey, what's yep. up, Tommy? Can I get in?" Oh yeah, I mean, hold, don't worry about it. So, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, they're not even gonna go to Tommy." And, and sure enough, I, I mean, I'm probably playing with Kuna Aslan or something, and you guys are like in yep. the next game, and you're walking in with those with those powder blue uh, uniforms, powder blue. At the time, everyone was like black, red, yellow, yep. and and for someone to walk in with powder blue uniforms we're like who the fuck are these guys you know so it was yeah, like yeah. you guys brought in a new a new team and a new style during that time so that's yeah 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 i remember i remember that stuff clearly and then and then that's how um that's how the team started and then what happened with us is we would work out every saturday morning as a team at southgate high school because we knew south serrano uh south you know he he, he was my like, I didn't have training lessons like these kids do today and stuff. My training day was go to Salt Lake Park, play at 12 o'clock, and then stay there and shoot for about an hour, hour and a half. But at the time when I was at Laverne, uh, Sal was at South Dominguez Hills. And we would just get one-on-one every day, and we would just shoot every day, just me and him. Because we were both local kids. We both respect each other, liked each other a lot. And that's, uh, that was our training session. One, we would battle. You get a skip for this day. We would battle, just me and him. Me and him. Then we would stay and shoot and shoot and shoot. And honestly, that, that was probably the first time. We probably did that my junior year. And that was the first time I saw, like, oh, shit. Like, all this work is really paying off. I can really, I can really feel myself getting better and better and better. And it was because of that. And I was lifting weights by myself. I don't know if you've ever been to Solid Park. But they got a little rinky thing, gym. I was in there bench pressing, whatever, my 135 pounds. Um, but that was probably the first time I saw, like, that was the first time I've actually worked on my game. Other than this, going to Salt Lake Park, and then you remember going to dunk courts. Yeah. I would go to dunk courts all the time. On Saturdays, we would go, we'd jump on a car, three, four of us, and we'd go play at Corona in Bell. Then when the runs got dead, we would go to Liberty in Southgate. And then we would go to Miles in Huntington Park, and then we just play on dunk courts, eight foot courts, four on four, throwing logs to each other, dunking on people, getting in the fights, jumping fences, jumping the fences to run away because the cops were showing up. Man, those were good times. Those are the eras, dog. Like fools, just like kids now. They just go to the, you know, they go to the map or they go to, you know, next level, yeah. and they play in a weekend yeah. tournament. But like. That was that. Those were the days finding, you know, jumping the fence to the to the elementary school because they had the low courts, you know, and they would just, yep, yep. they would sustain that. I remember at, when I was at Cerritos in my first year, where I wouldn't get any run, I would go to Corona because at that time Corona was like the best dunk courts. 
and it'd be from like 12 to 3 o'clock and I'd go play dunk ball my wrist would be bleeding my, I'd have blisters on my fingers and then I'd go home shower eat and then I'd go to my Cerritos game and sit on the bench <laughs> and the coach would be like what the hell were you doing I was like I was playing dunk courts like like, might as well get my workout in. I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, I remember doing that. But uh, so back, back. Uh, we Estrellas would uh, we would work out at Southgate High School every Saturday morning, and at the time Southgate High School had a pretty good team. Um, and we would scrimmage them. That would make us scrimmage to get gym time. He would make us scrimmage Southgate, which had uh, which had Lomada Flake. Um, and some some of the other kids that we, we would get to meet, but we would play them and and we wouldn't take it easy on them. And then little by little, loads kept growing, getting stronger and better, and Flake getting bigger and stronger and knocking down shots and challenging us. And that's how they ended up on our team. Honestly, like we're like, hey man, these are the kids we need to mentor. Like they got next. Yeah. So so they would play with them. But yeah, that's how that's how the whole mentorship started with Flake and. And low, I was just kind of like a big brother, you know. What I mean, I was just, I was just, uh, whenever I see or hear things, like I, I try to correct them or just kind of guide them in the right direction. Um, me and Flake have, you know, we had a good relationship throughout his college years. Like he would call me a lot to vent, and I would just listen, and you know, I would just tell him how I felt, and and you know, Flake, Flake is a big picture guy. Like he sees the big picture, he understands. Like basketball is not gonna last forever, and that's why he is. That's why he's as, as successful as he, as he is today. Yeah. Um, same with Low, you know Low. Yeah, I would say like a big brother. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to use dad, but more like a big brother. And you know how cool was it to go through his experience while he was at UCLA, and, and you know we're in we're in the stands watching him succeed. We're in the stands at Poly Pavilion Senior Night when he's getting a five minute standing ovation. Oh, bro, that, I mean, that gives me chills. Because he was the only senior on that team. You know, yep. he's, he's Rasa. He's from the hood. Yep. You know, there's, yep. there's uh, you know, we're sitting. Like, the thing that was cool is, is that that guy just, like, always, he always knew. You know what I mean? Like, he knew where he came from. You know, he knew his, yep. his mom. You know, she'd be at every game. Like, as soon as he came out of the tunnel, like, he, you know, kids are like, oh, Lorenzo, or, you know, students or autographs. He'd make that line from the locker room straight to his mom, give her a hug yeah. and a kiss. Okay, now I can talk yeah. to everybody else. And he didn't yeah. turn down any autographs, you know, and, no. and, you know, we, especially a senior day. His senior day, we, I think it was me, you, Solly, little Bassy, and, yeah. and we were just like, oh, it's his day, dog. Let's kick it. And we just, we yeah. just stood in the stands until everyone, um, you know, uh, got a, every single autograph. I still got, I, that was like the only time I legit got an autograph from Lowe. Uh, I had this senior yeah. book and, and I, and yeah. I, I got my, my autograph on there too. So. Yeah. And, and that, you know, remember, uh, Sebastian was like, I don't know how old he was, four yeah. or five years old. Yeah. And, uh, Sebastian to this day, like he remembers Lorenzo would, either he remember the game would finish and he would take his headband off and all the kids would crowd him for the headband. And he would look for Sebastian and give it to him, and man, see Sebastian's eyes, like that was the greatest. You know, what I mean, that was like the cool payback. Um, and even to this, and, and to this day, like the whole mentorship and stuff, that's the really cool part. Like, my my boys still play basketball, and Lorenzo reaches out to Sebastian all the time. You reach out to Sebastian all the time. I got a lot of friends 
that you know when they see my son out there and they know he's mine like they look out for him whether it's giving him shoes or advice or, or buying him a soda or a hot dog or like a lot of my friends really really look out for my kids and that's that's what it's all about man at the end of the day we gotta look out for each other you know what I mean for sure and I remember you know like all those little things you know being at Cantwell and like working with Noah with his left hand you know shit like <laughs> like like little things like that even when when I would you know even the, uh, my, my daughter Jordan you know Lorenzo would give us tickets and then I'd take her you know I'd be like oh I got Jordan don't don't worry I got a ticket for her too and then yeah. like like you know we'd be at UCLA at Poly Pavilion and you know Jordan was little little like you know you yeah. know like you said you know Bassie knew about hoops so he was about the same age but I remember Jay uh, my daughter Jordan she was like when she got older she was like 16 17 she goes hey dad like Lorenzo was f- like famous famous like and I'm like yeah. yeah she goes yeah and he's like our boy you know and I just thought that was yeah. funny because you know they just see him as low like that's the homie low and he's playing in front of like people but like no he's playing at UCLA like the the yeah. most prestigious you know university as far as national championships and and it's funny just like to to see that and, and to hear our kids like I was at those games you know and and now you know Bassey is you know, hitting me up, and, and um, you know they're they're trying to bring back the Estrella's name. I don't know if I I just I just broke I just broke that right now. So uh, so it sounds like you know, the he, Sebastian like he knows he knows the rivalry with Cimiedo. Like he knows what the Latino circuit's about. Um, he wants to be a part of that. You know what I mean? Like, he hears the stories from us. But he's also, you know, he's played in the high school division. He's gone to the top of the U.S. tournament. He's played in the, he's played in the Memorial. Like, he's about it. He, he loves the culture. He knows what it's about. And he just wants to be involved. And he wants to bring his players back. And I'm like, man, go all for it. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead and get your friends. But I tell him, like, you can't jump from team from team. Like, you got to get a core. And you guys got to play together. You're going to take your lungs. You're take your lungs. Your ass beat. Yeah, you're going to lose. But you're gonna get bigger. You're gonna get stronger. You're gonna get older. You're gonna get wiser. And if you guys stay together, then that's when you start to reap the benefits. Yeah. Don't don't go jumping from team to team. Obviously, right now he just he just wants to play. So when the team calls him and gives him an opportunity, he jumps. He's all over it. I want to play. I don't care what team I play. Yeah. He just yeah. wants to be involved. He just wants to be involved. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like uh, it's funny that this podcast is all over the place. You know. But the oh thing is, God. the this Good this I know. But the the thing is, the I mean, I say it's all over the place because, like, I got notes, I got stories. Like, we could go from chronological, you know, from like the time that I met you to up to this day, and you know, which is from the '90s, you know, to to now, and that's you know, that's that's going on 30 years, you know, and it's fucking crazy to just say it out loud. But but it's it's one of those things where 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 like there's so many stories like you know Lorenzo and Jalapa and us being in the room where he signed this contract and all, all these other things you know us making that drive to Arizona with me you and Solly and Muggsy to go to the final four and like you know staying in this room and and all these other things that just went on and like the thing yeah. is it's 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 all this is is stories you know, all this is is, is relationships. You know, um, yeah. and, you know, we we clown each other, we roast each other. 
you know um but at the at the end of the day you know uh like you said it's it's the basketball gods are, are good to you when you're good to other people you know um and i think you know you said it early on in the pod that you like to work with people with heart you know and i think that's that's where you come from uh the most you know what i'm saying a lot of the speeches that you that you tell the, the dudes is because you had adversity you know you went through shit and you know like yeah. if they can fucking learn off some of the lessons you know it's, it's dope because then you can you can have a a Lorenzo that ended up at UCLA. You have a Jose Sanchez that has a successful career in basketball and in life. You know, you got a Cesar Guerrero that's that's doing things. Yeah. You know, you got a Mario that's a, a city champion at you know at Roosevelt, stuff like that. And and it's just dope that that we can we can have these stories and we can kind of just like you know I mean we can talk about right. the the smack page and the rivalry between you and and Cimiedo and me. What we might have to do like the Estrellas on one side of the room and uh oh, Miedo on the other side of the room and we gotta do you, you know what you know you know what's crazy about that? Like like now we can probably have one and have a good laugh. But up until maybe shit, I don't know, five, six years ago, like when we would go to tournaments, like we we're all Miedo and Estrellas were basically from locally. We were HP, Bell, Southgate, East LA area. So we all we kind of knew each other. Granted, they're ten to twelve years younger than us, which at the time I didn't know. Cause yeah. They all, cause you can tell, females guys look old as fuck, but they're young. Yeah. But they're young. Um, but up until like maybe five, six years ago, if we saw, if we would go somewhere, Estrellas and Timiel, like the rivalry was still there. We wouldn't talk to each other. It wasn't no disrespect. It wasn't. It was. There wasn't no ill ill will towards one another. But we would just, we just wouldn't talk. Y'all, y'all just couldn't stand each other. Yeah, because they the were trying to take. The only one I would speak to is Ephraim. But I, I wouldn't talk to Paisa. To, to Mario, I would acknowledge him, but I wasn't, I wasn't going. I'm out, of, I'm out of my way to say hi to him. And all the other guys will obviously big ticket. You know, I would say what's up because BG, he's yeah. from BG too. Yeah. But that was it. Like we weren't hanging out. What's up? What's up? All right, cool. Later. That was it. But not till I think I don't know when it broke. I started playing softball, and some of their guys they hung out with some guys that had a softball team, and they would show up to the game, and little by little, like the ice would break, and they would talk shit, but like in a good way to me. Yeah. Uh, never disrespectful. And little by little, that ice got broken. We got older, wiser, obviously, and we knew like all right, just basketball. Yeah. But some of my guys, I'm not gonna mention names, and probably some of their guys. If they see each other at a club, they're still not going to talk. <laughs> it, yeah, you probably know which guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you said it. I, nothing, like, no, nothing was done, but it's just the Cimiedo Estrella rivals. Yeah, and and I think, like I said, uh, that's that's one for for you know. There's a lot of podcasts we can fucking do, bro. There's a no, lot of. But that 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 one would be that one would be cool because. Then you could hear all the side notes about what we each thought of one another. Yeah, that, I mean that was a rival because you know, like I like I said, you guys were the top top for you know, like you said, you guys were in the finals a bunch of years, and like they knew for them to take the top spot, it had to run through you, you know. Yeah. And and that was that was like their. I mean, I don't know if that was their main focus, but 
you know that they, they knew that they knew that they had to yeah. to to win and i think uh I want to say their their first championship was through you through you guys, and I'm sure that started that started the the rivalry, and then and then and then during that era is when um, when the smack page was, so they were they you know y'all were just like man not hearing it and and the whole yeah. thing, so that was yeah. that was funny. So we could we get that. I mean, there's there's a ton of stories that we could do. We did we did an hour and a half full. So this is no, but you know like.
we can we can jump into that. Uh, that's what I said because I knew I dude I had fucking no I had notes for days. Yeah. But you know what it is, you start off and then you you get sidetracked with all the fucking stories we have. Well, and then I have the notes and you you kind of want to jump into everything, but well yeah we'll, we'll jump back on we'll jump back on because then that way we can we can maybe bring bring you in low and we can do your pro career and then we could talk about okay. like his uh, that time when we were at the at the Embassy Suites and he got signed with uh, Jalapa. That'd be dope. That's a crazy story. That's a good one. All right. All right, Biggie. Good looking right. out, bro. Good, good luck trying to edit that, yo. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Maybe take off when I got emotional. Nah, you're good. Well, uh, no, if you. That's if the you... best part. <laughs> Look at Mary's right here. All right. Yeah, no. Mary's there? Yeah, no, she just walked in. All right. She, she well, just walked in. Make me sound good. Nah, you're good, bro. I'm going to. Don't worry. If, if if you don't sound good, at least, uh, at least the soundtrack will be dope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right, late. <laughs>